Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I'm your host. It is the August 12th, 2017 edition here. Joining me today, first up, we've got Adam Vitali. Hello. Hello. Me again. Yes. It's me. Welcome back again. I appreciate I'm Adam. you being here. You are Adam. And then we've got Josh Torres. That is the sound effect of Trevor fucking Belmont and that Castlevania Netflix series just killing and kicking ass. So you finally got around to watching it? I watched the first two episodes uh, last night. I'll uh, wrap it up uh, tonight. Uh, I'm really, really impressed with that uh, thing so far. It's very good. It's got, I mean, it's obviously like Western animation a lot Mm -hmm. of it, but it's quite impressive the stuff that you're able to get away with and everyone seems really ecstatic about the second yeah it's season. super violent like i was like very oh, yeah. uh very violent the, so like i was taken aback by just how graphic it is but in a good way it's like it, it's fitting for that if you really think about it yeah the um, series has always been kind of graphic even back then you know yeah it's a lot of like skeletons and demons things like that you're whipping them to death and killing them with chains and crosses and stuff so yeah, so I mean, just the, I I don't think pictures still pic- images like does that a series justice. No. I think just the, there's a certain flow and fluidity to its emotions that just it really makes it shine. I'm I'm very very excited to like wrap it up. And did they give a time frame for that season too? Uh, it's supposed to be or... next year. They did say it's going to be twelve episodes this time instead of the four that it was this time. It's clear oh, okay. that Netflix was unsure about the actual uh performance of the of the animation with the rest of the audience because i think everyone was kind of expecting it to be like a low very low budget animation production so you know like the very stilted like still uh images and things like that stuff we do mm-hmm. expect from like a very bad anime yeah um, uh, because when off. they yeah when we first when we all first heard like news of that we were just kind of like our eyebrows were just kind of like mm, i don't know <laughs> yeah, coming from that producer so it's to be expected but luckily they were able to pull it off and even if that facebook post we were reading all way back about how it was going to be like turn the genre on its head or something like that i don't know if you guys remember that post <laughs> it's, uh, i think it was oh, supposed yeah, to be like a parody or something that. Like yeah. that. it was really uh-huh. it, it's yeah exactly it was um very questionable but yes it's apparently everyone's excited and when i read the comments about them announcing the second season everyone was ex- excited and they saw their characters in the image and they were like yeah i love that guy or that girl so there's clearly a lot of excitement around it and i hope that this just leads to other ones didn't didn't uh the guy say like he would be working on other uh properties as well i kind of forget what he was talking about mm, oh man i i vaguely remember that i forget off the top of my head all i remember is that on the recommended section in between episodes i was i was reminded they'd meet a cgi thing of blame that old manga series and i think some sort of godzilla cgi series or film is hitting that heading to netflix as well yeah, I, that's, I think I heard about that. Well, yeah. I th- oh, it was Metroid. That was it. He wanted to oh, do a Metroid. It? That would be pretty cool, considering huh. when you think about like Super Metroid, how dark. I mean, just a lot of the Metroid, like Metroid Prime games, of course, too. Like they're very dark and brooding. Yeah, if they um, got the Castlevania stuff on it, I'd be all super down. I can definitely see that kind of animated style work for Metroid really well, and and just like kind of envisioning like. Samus like turning to the morph ball with that animation in place. Oh, it'd be it'd be lovely. It'd be like the reboot. Besides the fact that we've got that other game coming out next month, um, that seems okay. I don't know if you've seen the uh, gameplay for that. Like, so uh, I haven't. I haven't, I haven't really uh, followed it much after its initial. Was it E three? Uh, like like low key announcement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It was. Well, it wasn't so much low key. It was announced right after they announced that other 
uh, Metroid Project coming out in 2018 for Switch. It was just the logo. Yeah, remember? that's all. Yeah, I was like, Metroid Prime Four. Well, Metroid then... Prime Four they announced at their that's what um, I mean. Direct. Not their conference, but their direct. And then yeah. that's what it is. The yeah. 3DS game was just announced during like their Treehouse Live. You know, just kind of like, hey, here's a new game. Oh yeah, it was later <laughs> that day. That kind of thing. Yeah, I, f- I forgot about that. That was. Do they do that sometimes? They'll sneak in those game announcements. Pretty r- relatively significant ones, just in their. Go ongoing daily live stream during E3. They do. I, don't, I don't know if I'll get it. I, I, I'll wait for like uh, other people first, see what they think of it. Because you know, I, I, I'm not saying Mercury Steam's a bad developer. They it's are. Just after, after the <laughs> after the Castlevania, what was it, Mirror of Fate thing? I was like, I don't know, man. It's about 2D and them. So uh, about that, that Metroid game is based on the same engine. So <laughs> we'll see. Okay, well, yeah, it's the same. exact same engine. Uh, just okay. probably just a little bit upgraded, just like you know, old assets um polished up for the new one but that's it but well yeah we'll see yeah i'm just i just don't know about mercury steam like those guys are like 100 percent miss for me as far as what they what they can accomplish because the only thing they can do is like steal from other properties to make their games look good and so i'm like i don't care uh but i would love to be pleasantly surprised it's just that uh after all these years of how the metroid series has been mistreated and seeing like those super metroid speed runs on those marathons like you know awesome games and summer games done quick how amazing that game was and i loved zero mission yeah and i, I loved uh, i love those games and metroid prime is great too and so just seeing how it's been mistreated so poorly with nintendo you think they would have more pride about it like why are they putting so much effort into putting like in the western hands when they could i think it's just that after metroid prime they just figured they can just shove it off to them but if they put as much effort into that as they do say mario or yoshi or anything like that i would be so so happy about that because right now do we do we know anything about who's actually developing metroid prime 4 yet no it's it's all they said is it's like a new Yeah. Maybe not a new studio, but like a new team. Somewhere. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if they've, they've named <laughs> specifics on like any names or key staff around it. I can't remember off the top of my head. I feel like they there are, there are some reports of what it could be, but I'm not 100% sure off the top of my head. I mean, honestly, it's like Retro obviously is, is a shell of what it used to be. Yeah. It's like, like when you expect Criterion to make a new racing game, it's like, do you really know what Criterion is anymore? So... Uh, mm-hmm. that's it's hard to say whether they can still pull it off but you know especially because we're going off a of metroid other m so we don't know exactly where they're coming from uh and i would hope that you know shigeru miyamoto would have you know all of his hands up in this new project hopefully to see what happens because you know even like you know uh super mario i'm, I'm blanking on the what's it called again the new, new one odyssey odyssey yeah the new mario odyssey game even that's kind of like i don't know guys it seems like i mean it, i'm sure it's really fun to play but uh the footage that i got to see from you know the e3 demo of like the city stuff i was like i, I guess <laughs> i i really i'm really high on uh super mario odyssey i sure. I really liked what i've seen so far on it yeah i guess it's because i'm kind of bummed out what they've done to mario and other areas like the you know the mario and luigi stuff and the people mario stuff so it's like what is that? What is Nintendo doing as much anymore? I don't know. Super Mario Maker was pretty good. So it, I mean... it was, but like that's like a no-brainer, right? Like that's something that they could. I mean, obviously it was a great game, and they put so much effort and assets into it. But you know, that's just taking the prop, the stuff that they already knew, and uh, they can clearly make some great levels because they, you know, they had those pre-made uh, levels that they put in there that was still excellently designed and everything. Um, it's just for me, like when you're looking at the biggest 
properties that Nintendo has right now. It's like what Splatoon, of course, like this new the new IPs, which I love. It's just that when it comes to their old stuff, the old I you know the mascot characters, you kind of wonder because I'm excited for that new Kirby game that's coming out, the new Yoshi game, but man it's 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 kind of hard I mean, to tell that's that's most of the nintendo's properties for me right too bad, it's, too it's bad they're gonna be like a, a love it or hate it that type of thing like zelda i was kind of down on until oh Breath of i mean the Wild. Yeah, zelda of course is great that's i think zelda's always great adam you're gonna say something though i was gonna make a joke how like zelda's been mistreated <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean i i don't i wouldn't even joke about that because i wasn't so so hot on twilight princess you had that I other love twilight oh, princess though so. what was the what was the other one a sky 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 skyward twilight sword. Sword. skyward sword skyward yeah, sword, I, yeah. Oh, I, I that was not good um to me it's just like it, zelda was on a downward spiral till i uh, not not till breath of the wild till um, a link between worlds that was started kind of coming around to me again it's like okay but, yeah, uh, I, I don't mean to be so negative on Nintendo or anything like that. I think I, I think Nintendo's doing great, and I think they're like they're way more exp- exciting to pay attention to compared to Sony or Microsoft right now. Yeah, like, just, Sony is like I don't know where they're at, and Microsoft so, the same. Sony has, so that, that's a that's the thing with uh, Microsoft and Sony, right? Compared to Nintendo, they never had like really. They didn't have like the face of the company or the first parties really. I mean, you have stuff Master Chief there barely with Microsoft and Forza and, you it, know, and all those things. Gear, yeah, Gears used to be a thing, not really so much anymore. I mean, four was okay, but and Sony is just I don't know who you have. You have Nathan Drake. Uh... I mean, I mean, for me, I, I guess I should speak more broadly. I just meant as far as like accepting about what the uh, the the companies doing in general like microsoft Mm -hmm. i think has got of course the xbox one x that seems exciting because they're talking about how like with this new technology like it'll be significantly better than uh what what was that there was like a game they were talking about recently that was like it's gonna look significantly better on an xbox one x compared to the ps4 so that's the kind of stuff that i'm interested in a little bit but uh, as far as microsoft's concerned and when it comes to sony um uh, i mean i'm still hopeful because they obviously have uh, a lot of licenses but after the recent talk about, like, you know, they've got this big beta coming out for PlayStation firmware 5.0, apparently it, it doesn't really do much. Like, uh, we were all speculating before about, you know, hopefully it's going to have, like, you know, be able to play PlayStation 1 games or, you know, maybe PlayStation Now, which I guess isn't really much of a firmware thing. It's just a membership, uh, like, offering. But, like, it's it's got very basic features i think one was like notifications on the quick menu <laughs> and, and I, I think there's like uh for pro users you can stream from 1080 60 yeah on uh, directly uh and it's one of those things like i don't really keep up with that stuff too much because they they hold back a lot of those features uh, until the when it's actually in people's hands but it's yeah. finally like i remember i think boost mode was an unannounced feature until people finally saw it yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, oh, was. Okay. it was. It oh, was. I right. mean, it's uh. So a lot of this stuff is we don't know until the whole thing is out. Yeah, but typically, I mean, these were the update notes themselves, and so like, I, I'm not expecting anything more surprising than that. Even if it's like small features, because like, I don't have a PlayStation 4 Pro, so it doesn't really mean much to me. It's like I'm not going to go out. I I I probably never will go out and buy a PlayStation 4 Pro unless mine breaks down, because at this point, like. I'm on a regular 1080p uh, TV, so like I have no real need to go out. Even with the boost mode, it doesn't do anything for me. No, yeah, I'm not gonna get it. Yeah, yeah. so um. it's it's that kind of feeling, and I think in general, uh, yeah, you're talking about like first party. I mean, Sony does have some great first party games uh, in general, but like not the stuff that really speaks to me as far as like RPGs. Like Horizon was great, and we've got the new Horizon DLC coming out later. I mean, I personally haven't played Horizon. I've just 
speaking from other people's uh, experiences with that, like Adam and, and Natalie. But, uh, you know, I they have, like, the ownership of these great RPG properties that they haven't done anything with, like Legend of Dragoon and Wild Arms and Ark the Lad and all this There's stuff. There's those and, like, mobile, games the mobile games for Wild I know, Arms. <laughs> I, I know, the, of course, the mobile games, just that, you know, uh, I would love to see them do something with their console. And Nintendo, uh, I think, has got some excited stuff around the, around the bend themselves. Like, so they've got these great games, and then you've got, you know, Project Octopath is supposed to be coming out. You got Xenoblade, of course, and then, like I mentioned before, the Kirby, the Yoshi. You've got Fire Emblem. You've got Shimagami Tensei. You've got all the stuff that makes the Switch so appealing. Especially as you know, a lot of people are kind of making that joke. It's a Vita replacement, and that makes perfect sense because they've got all these games coming out. And then you've got the new, um, what was the game that was just announced to be? Oh, the new Atelier game is going to be out on the Switch, and that's kind of crazy. Uh, but I mean, they have had Atelier games on the DS and the and the 3DS, of course. The DS was an original game, and then you've got uh, Atelier Verona 3DS was uh, a thing. And then you've got this new game coming out. You've got Knights of Azure 2, of course, also being on Switch. So you've got like those things coming to Switch. Like The Japanese developers are pretty high on that thing right now. But when it comes to the Sony side, it's like, okay, we've got these, these games, but it's it's still moving more towards the uh, the bigger budget. And then uh, at this point, you're like, well... I can totally see it being on PlayStation and Nintendo going forward. So it's it's just that general acceptance level. I don't know if it's just me though. Mm, I mean, yeah. I mean, I th- I think it's just cool that Switch is finally. I mean, not finally, but that there's such a, a surprisingly to me surprisingly big early acceptance. Uh, just going in, like it's it's still like it's hitting the ground running. It's making all the right moves in terms of like uh, developer support. Mm-hmm. It's cool to see that you know that Japan is very very quick on like you know jumping onto it. Yeah. And th- I, I, I would think that like this, this transition, I, I feel like it would have been like a next year thing, like upon the release of the Switch, and like this is a bit a big trial year. That, that's what I thought of it in my head. But um, just seeing that, you know, Japan just like no, let's just just fucking do it. You know? Yeah, I think the biggest bummer that I can foresee about the Switch though is that it's going to run into the technical limits that it has, uh, and you won't be seeing other games obviously it's going to always be like the complement to another system you own so of course you have a playstation 4 and switch you're pretty much good as far as you know japanese games and rpgs and that kind of stuff it's like that's kind of it microsoft of course with the xbox one x it's like if you want the most horsepower and the big and the, and the best visuals and all that stuff that seems to be what that's going to be it's going to make up for one it's one of its more weaknesses when people are used to compare it to the playstation 4 when it came out like what i'm going to buy a sony or microsoft system it's like microsoft had their like 900p garbage uh, that was happening uh, that they gave them a lot of crap for. Uh, and that kind of is going to go away, you know, in a few months when the Xbox One X is out. It's not even in pre-orders, but we'll see how that does. Um, but with the Switch, it's it's just, yeah, it's like that general excitement level. I'm, I'm curious about it. Uh, I haven't I haven't bought a Switch yet, but, you know, I'm going down that road. Uh, both, you both have a Switch now, right? Because Adam bought his recently. Yeah. yeah. You're both pretty uh, happy with it, I assume. I haven't uh, turned it on in about a month and a half now. One oh. because I I didn't get I really didn't get into arms. Like I really liked the betas, but uh, it came out during a time when I was like busy, so I never got around to it. And now, uh, I'm not saying that I've seen some support for arms going away. It's still like the ongoing support is still fine, but just it and Splatoon two existing, I feel like. A lot of people kind of jumped off of arms, just just kind of reading, you know. The, That's because Splatoon Two was coming out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And to, play, yeah. I, I still I still didn't get Splatoon Two. I do want to, but I just I think I, I'm, I'm not really in the mood for for it at the moment. Hmm. 
I do like that. I love the first one, but the second one is a lot of I'm gonna wait and until it gets more stuff put in, Fair. and hopefully, kind of ironing out its uh, fair share of things I've heard about, kind of um, general annoyances. Fair enough. Fair um, enough. And other than that, I don't know what other games I, I'm gonna get for the Switch in terms of exclusives. There might be some like third-party stuff in the eShop I, I might yeah. see and might want to get, but I just I haven't turned it on recently. I I will, but I have other games, you know. No, that's that's totally understandable. And of course, you know, with with PlayStation, you've got some really big, important games coming out soon as well. That's going to be on there. Like, I mean, I'm sure for you, it's like you know, Trails of Cold Steel Three is huge, and that's a PlayStation Four game right there. Yeah, so. I'm I'm still kind of like deciding, like, do I want to import it? You do probably should. It's going to probably be a while if, if you know, to be honest, before it comes out. It's the of course the decision whether you want to buy it uh just a standard edition or like the more expensive and that's you know japanese prices are higher uh, as far as games uh everything's like at least 80 bucks you know uh but you know of course you've imported stuff um didn't they just announce like what was that one game uh, this podcast can be a lot of like i forget what it is but like what was the (laughs) game that they just announced it's gonna have like an english version oh girls on panzer (laughs) oh yeah there's a tank game i I was like oh wow (laughs) yeah so the girls and panzer is based on a tv anime that aired like me two three years ago it's it's an excellent series oh it's so uh, way better than you know you would expect it to be yeah isn't this like uh, the game on the ps4 isn't it kind of like based on the vita game that came out or is it just like no no it's it's a new thing that's that's not based on the vita game that came out but it was the vita Uh, game was good that's what i heard yeah I, I don't know i don't know much about it. i didn't hear much about so it someone someone when i made the comment they're like I, they love the vita version oh who knows oh, okay. they probably have totally different yeah. days but anyway yeah but uh yeah that's getting that girls and panzer dream tank match i think it was called that's getting an english release that over at asian territories much like gundam breaker 3 and uh super robot wars games so you know, I th- I'm course. looking forward to see like how exactly that that thing shakes out. I'm it's it's crazy to me that how adamant Bandai Namco has been recently of just like just starting to really go in on anime video game adaptations. You always had you know your standard One Piece, you always had your standard Naruto ones, but they're really branching out. They have the Seven Deadly Sins yes. one. You have Little Witch Academia. Oh, that's gonna be yeah! Uh, like, I can't wait for that one. It's like oh, they're just going all out this year. I totally forgot, actually, too. Like, Switch has got a new Pokemon game coming out next year, too. That's that's yeah. something. Uh, it might be out next year. You know, they said it's, like, uh, in the next year or so. So we'll see. But yeah. That's a monument. That's a monumental. Oh, like, that's what they needed, right? That's, like, yeah. the thing. Like, you, we were all kind of concerned. Like, why are you still, like, putting all these games on the 3DS? It's, like, you got to give people a real reason to get your Switch. And this, that with all, with all the other stuff that's been announced. Like, it's been a long time since I've been excited about something Nintendo has done. Because, like... I mean, I, a lot was, of people feel the same way. Yeah, no, I, I totally, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir, but like, I grew up as a Nintendo fan. We, we were a Nintendo family, you know. We had like yeah, the NES, Super Nintendo, N64, yeah. GameCube, the handhelds, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then, um, at a certain point, we, it's like we're on the GameCube time. Like, we just moved over to you know, PlayStation Two, PlayStation Three. I mean, a little mix of the 360, of course, in there as well. But like, it was like a lot of like disinterest with the nintendo with its wii because the motion control is like i'm not i don't like that at all and the wii u mm-hmm. i own but like it was such a disappointment in terms it of was the like there's there's a like, small handful of games for the wii u that's like yeah this is cool but you still there's very very few games that actually justified you know why it, uh, like they have tablet control like maybe xenoblade x and super mario Mar- mario maker were probably the only real ones that for me that really justified the control. And, and the Splatoon 1, of course. But 
even then, that's not a big deal when you compare when you compare it to how they made that adjustment for Splatoon two. Yeah, and I, and I think for me, it was also like the 3ds felt so sluggish, and I mean, obviously the new ones completely fixed that problem. But I think the yeah. other thing that really sold me on Sony was the PlayStation Plus program because I don't have a lot of money, and just paying that one fee every year, and then I get like a bunch of free games. Like I will, yeah. I, man. I really hope that whatever Nintendo is working on, because they kind of hinted at it, would be something very similar to that. Like, I'll pay the 20 bucks a year if it means I've got access to, like, this catalog of, of Nintendo games without having to, like, rebuy it, like, virtual console style. Because if they do that, I'd be way more inclined to, to invest in that stuff. But it, obviously, you know, the Switch does tackle two important problems. Like, I felt like the Vita had was, of course, like, I didn't... I bought a PlayStation TV, but even then, like, it felt like kind of weird having just a blown up Vita screen on, on it. I mean, obviously, the <laughs> PSP had that thing where you can, like, plug it into your TV with the cable, but... Um, Not I really loved... ideal. Yeah, no, no, no. It wasn't, uh, especially when it's, like, the resolution being what it was. But, like, oh, yeah. um, like I loved my, my Vita to death, um, but even now, I recognize that it's it's gone away. And, you know, as far as the Switch being a replacement, being able to carry around, like, what it is, a tablet... And then being able to, you know, plug it in. Like, I can only imagine what people will be able to do with the Switch later on as far as, like, you know, maybe letting you do more crazy things. Like, if they open up some sort of app store for that thing, that'd be kind of nuts. Uh, obviously, we don't know as far as the um, the uh, the um, multitasking that you can accomplish with that because already they have a big problem with voice chat <laughs> and party yeah. stuff. We'll, we'll see what yeah, they do. Uh, it just takes they're, they're updates. Not, uh, at least they're not like completely opposed for having apps on it. Like they think you have Nico Nico, the yeah, yeah. Jap- almost just... kind of Japanese uh, YouTube-esque mm-hmm. thing on it. So we'll see. I, I really want it to have like a Netflix. I think it'd be an amazing Netflix machine. <laughs> yeah, we don't even know like does it even have YouTube yet? Like they announced no, it, but no, not only yet. Nico Nico. Yeah, yeah, and they haven't obviously gotten even like the video capture stuff. Like I, I got an Xbox One, but man, I hate the share system the way it works. Like it t- it's so much work just to get a screenshot or video out. It's it takes like multiple buttons, and as opposed to like the PS4, it's like all right, hit a button, I'm done. <laughs> you know, is the upcoming Xbox UI interface uh, going to fix any of that stuff? Well, I mean, so, remember- yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I just I just remember they were starting to roll that out to like alpha testers. So do you see a little bit of the blades back, I believe, but I'm not sure if they're tweaking anything else aside from the dash. They did do a couple things. One, now they it's you're fully available to join that program, by the way. You just have to download an app, so it's like way more available to a lot more people. They have like multiple okay. tiers. It's like a whole thing. I didn't realize yeah. it. But um, also, apparently, you'll be able to completely customize the dashboard the way you want it to be. Just like, so you it's know, modular a, now? Yeah, exactly. As opposed, like, it's kind of like, you know, Windows 10. You kind of have that kind of uh, power over it as well, like the start menu. Um, but this is all, of course, the Xbox One. It's like clearly it's been a huge mess from day one the ui on that thing the guide and all uh, as opposed to like playstation where it's like we just need some folders although i will say the notification system on the playstation 4 is completely garbage like it's oh like, yeah i I, the, I hate i hate how like <laughs> yeah, the, the, new the, the recent update the yeah. just it's just one big list now oh, and just, so it, it seems so i don't know where anything is why did why did they think that was like who was asking for that like that, no that just idea. made it way I, worse I thought, I thought the the previous system was like it was serviceable it's way better than what they replaced it with yeah now it's like ugh, everything's got to be under tabs or whatever but like i'm sure we'll get another update but 5.0 doesn't really do that it's more like you know like i said about the the quick notifications and the way that the family system works as far as like the other people that your family how they access your content Mm -hmm. so it's nothing much more than that um 
But the Xbox One uh, needs needs a lot of help with that. But once Nintendo gets that stuff down too, as far as the sharing functions are concerned, I think it's just going to be fantastic. Like I said, still kind of concerned about the power limitations um, because it's still like a system that was great, you know, a year or two ago. But we're heading into this new territory, and this is a brand new system, so it's kind of tough to see how how things will go. And I'm only speaking, of course, from the experience of the developers who said, you know, they've completely stuck with the Vita, like they can't really do much more with it. It's it's been kind of maxed out uh, as far as what they can do with memory limitations. Not comparing the Vita to the Switch, of course, because the Vita, Switch is clearly more powerful in many respects. Um, but, you know, with the way that the development's going as far as like trying to go bigger and better more realistic it's it's going to be hard to see i i don't think i don't think uh switch is going to go ahead that direction with, like no, the trying to going to realistic graphics it's definitely going to be more stylized and more it's it, like yeah. I, I don't think that like triple a third party people will try to like turn to the switch and try to port it there no, with some weird concessions it's, it's clearly going to be you know not. yeah the first party and the and some third party like we were talking about with gus it's gonna be the indie now, machine so. like vita <laughs> yeah yeah that's fine uh, i'm fine yeah. with that that's what the vita was and i was perfectly okay with that i just hope that they've figured out ways to you know try to get more people to play their system um like i was talking about multitasking but we'll see so with all that discussion out of the way, uh, there wasn't a lot of news this week, so I wanted to get a little a little tangent on that one. But let's get into the actual podcast itself. So thanks, everyone, for sticking with us throughout that part. But let's get into uh, the thing we always like to talk about at the start of the podcast, or at least partway into it in this case, um, the games that we've been playing since the last one. So first off, Josh, I know you've been pretty busy, of course. Um, yep. You were covering... One game that I actually saw uh, a number of months ago, maybe like a year ago, um, it's a game called All Walls Must Fall, which was actually from the remnants of the development team that used to work on a game called Dead Island 2 before they were kicked off, and they were saying, like, this is our next big thing. Uh, how's that been like for you? Yeah, so this from developer in between, in between games. These are uh, three of the three people who are from Jaeger Development who yeah. are most famous for Spec Ops The Line. Then now, they, after they were kicked off from Dead Island 2, which is still MIA, I think yeah. it's still Sumo Panda, still uh, working on that. I don't think they've come out and said they canceled it. So. No, Deep Silver, I think it was like a recent thing where they said, like, no, it's still well in development. Okay. We'll have something so, to share soon. Yeah, so, anyway. so who, who knows? Uh, they're, they're working, uh, they went indie, so they're working on this weird thing. All Walls Must Fall is essentially... Uh, future alternate timeline in the year 2089 where the cold war is still going so you have berlin is still divided and it there's still just barely an early access just came out so it's still in a very early state but it basically opens up with this nuclear attack on uh somewhere in berlin uh, east berlin is the, i believe and they're trying to find out who caused this attack so being in the future both east and west berlin have time machines where they can send people back in time so they have time agents and mm. find out uh, who caused this, and please prevent this. So you, in the early access, you uh, play this guy named Kai. He's a uh, veteran German Stasi, and you're, it, it's the gameplay is much like XCOM on the surface. You have this isometric tile-based uh, deal going on. You can really move around. Anytime you move, time progresses around you, and the but. What really separates this from XCOM is you have this resource meter down at the bottom. And this is uh, responsible for a number of things. Uh, moving around, of course. And anytime you uh, 
uh, uncover this fog of war because all this takes place in like club hopping around Berlin. So it's a lot of his like interrogating, trying to find out who do I have to go for, who trying to move up the chain uh, of command and saying who's responsible for this, who does this person know and whatnot. So as you uncover the fog of war, you gain more resources and resources are, are used for hacking doors because when you a lot of a lot of the environment is locked doors. So if you force open a door, you'll get into combat scenarios. But there are ways to co- completely go through missions uh, without any violence. Uh, much like the SX, there's a lot of negotiating, and when you can negotiate, there's like these uh, uh, kind of like meters of like being flirtatious or being angry or being um, respected, just the the general mood of like the person you're talking to and you give them responses and it toggles between these meters and whatnot. Mm. So it's like like back and forth with like the the conversations you have. Exactly. Mm. So like you're trying, because they don't know you that well, obviously. So you can kind of pose like, oh yeah, I'm the technician here. I'm just trying to fix shit. (laughs) You know, don't, don't, you know, don't question me. I'm here to fix shit. And like, all right. (laughs) And whatnot. Leave him be. (laughs) Okay, back up a second here. Yep. Like, is this like an isometric game? Yeah, kind isometric of. tile-based. Uh, uh-huh. It is an isometric perspective, but the way you move around the environment is much like uh, Exxon because it goes by square tiles. Right. And uh, so it's not exactly real-time because anytime you uh, stay on a tile, uh, time freezes around you. Only when you like move will time progress. And it, things change up a bit because there's a combat mode in this game where obviously when you have hostiles starting to shoot at you, it'll enter this combat mode. And that's when it's uh, a more like XCOM because you do have like the cover indicators of like half cover and full cover. But to me, it's less like XCOM in the sense that you're you're weaving and uh, dodging bullets, much like super hot, because since only time progresses every time you move a tile, it's uh, you're making decisions based on if I move to this uh like spot will i get damaged and taking damage in this game is a huge deal because you only start with three health i haven't found a way to really uh upgrade that that yet i don't know if that system is in place yet but how taking damage is permanent in this game and, and it's a roguelike so anytime you die in this game you have to start your campaign over from scratch and there's like no there's no pro like consistent uh consistent progress like rogue legacy there's nothing that you get from a playthrough that'll that can carry over to the next playthrough you're you're stuck with jack shit on the next playthrough so oh, really there's like no Mm-mm. it's like nope. a pure roguelike he is a pure roguelike so yeah. most roguelikes nowadays have some sort of like net somewhere where it's like oh you can keep this if you only if you do this and kind of like give you a little bit of a taste mm-hmm. of maintaining progress or I, I, yeah. I don't know if they're going to add that system later on mm, but maybe. uh at the state of the game right now you you once you're once you're dead you go into a new playthrough completely fresh uh once again mm. so and so when That's you bold. <laughs> yeah when, and when you take damage that damage is permanent so when you go to the next mission that damage is still with you so if you ended a mission you took two damage you're only gonna have one life in that next mission that you're gonna go into but the but so a lot of this is when you go face uh, hostiles in uh, like these uh, combat mode scenarios, you when you move to a spot during it, it'll actually notify you that damage incoming down at the bottom. So it'll say, hey, if you move to this spot, you will get damaged. So a lot of it is kind of calculating moves. And since you're from the future, you actually do have uh, abilities that can manipulate time. So your basic uh, skill, the undo feature, is obviously you undo the last action that you did 
So if you took damage and you didn't mean to do that, you can just undo and you can regain that health at the, of course, uh, activating the undo feature uh, comes at a cost. It uh, takes out resources. So you can freely undo your actions as long as you still have a resource meter. But that thing ticks down very fast, especially when you stay at a, at a spot for too long. Like there's a there's a, a bar that goes down that, that's constantly ticking away at your resource meter. So you have to kind of stay on your toes on when you're uh, deciding moves. But there are also like other time manipulation abilities where like you can uh, rewind the environment, but not yourself. So uh, say that you want this person right here, but you don't want to move. There's a, a way to do that. And I forgot the the other third one. And then there's also uh, ways to uh, unlock uh, more weapon slots for you to uh, get more weapons. So a lot of it is, uh, at the moment, kind of managing uh, health resources and trying to get through it uh, to that. I'm not going to say like combat is totally unavoidable. There are times where just like... You're trying to flee the the scene and end the mission via your car, but as you approach it, there's like three guys there, and you can't negotiate with them no matter what. But uh, you're, a lot of it is trying to get through levels as safely as possible, and you know there's gonna be a lot more added to it as it goes along. But the the core foundation of it is very fascinating. It has a has a nice look to it. It's a uh, it's a lot of a uh, kind of techno vibe, let's say. It's a it's a it's a fascinating thing, and I hope uh, you know it uh, comes along well. It has a lot of potential. It does have a really cool, unique style to it, and that's what I noticed from the gameplay. It's like uh, from what they showed as a prototype to what it is now, they clearly just went with it, and it's kind of interesting. It's you definitely don't see many games like that out there, no, or no, any it, games it, really. It's yeah, totally it's, it's cool that because like your guy is kind of like a like a little paper Mario model. He's kind of yeah. like a cardboard cutout, just kind of moving around. He, like when he moves around, he doesn't really animate. He kind of is like this little piece because kind of hunt, uh, like moves on over to the next piece. While everyone else like in the environment are kind of like fully animated, like dancing around and whatnot. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's very, it's, it's very, it's very weird. Awesome. Great. Uh, so is, that's out right now, of course. Yeah, that just hit uh, early access a few days ago on Steam. That's what I thought. Yeah, since our review up in the same week. So, yeah, and as you as we mentioned, uh, there in that same article there is a gameplay video that you shot, and so mm-hmm. people yeah. want to actually see the game in action. There you go. Uh, but comes recommended uh, for what it's worth. Yeah, I mean, uh, right now it's still very it's still work in progress. So mm-hmm. if you if you dig, you know. What they're going for definitely it's relatively cheap i think it's like maybe 15 20 i think but uh, i would say i would say like kind of wait on it if you're if you're curious see what kind of condition uh, additions they'll make over the development once again early access games that they, they say in the early access notes that they'll, it'll take anywhere from like maybe roughly six months till release but who knows if that'll stick but they're, they're, there's a lot under the hood that can be improved and i'm sure that they're still you know, kind of taking in feedback and seeing what can be added. Like I know they did ran a Kickstarter, and there's like these uh, gold tiers, in which you can start like spreading rumors throughout the bars and whatnot. So there's a lot under the hood that they can still expand on. Sweet. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I know another game. Uh, I saw you were tweeting about this recently. Uh, Kingsway, which yeah. I actually have seen some of this game. It's pretty cool looking because it's like you're moving around in an operating system, like an old Windows system. Um, yeah. But then you're also playing an RPG, and there's like a bunch of windows, and you got a folder for like which is your like 
inventory and uh, all these different systems in play. It's like a really, really old uh, RPG slash roguelike, um, which it seems like not far from what you were just playing with the yeah. uh, Walls Must Fall. But um, I, uh, that game looked really cool. It's, it's once again, it's a very retro uh, bit-like style. So how's that been like for you? Yeah, so imagine if all you were transported back into the when Windows ninety five was still a thing. Yeah, yeah. And imagine like your whole operating system was basically a gigantic RPG. Uh, Kingsway is pretty much like very very old school in the sense that not only just interface but the way you manage things. Right, like you have these uh you have this basic bag that you can uh, not really expand on, but it has a weight limit and you can get other bags, you know, to expand that inventory, much like, you know, MMOs and whatnot. But uh, the cool thing about this is that everything is integrated into the operating system. Like, battles are uh, turn, uh, not really turn-based. They're a- I forgot what you call them. They're, they're like the FF7 style, like active turn-based battles, ATB. Yeah, active time yeah. battle. Active time battle, that's right. So... Much like that, you have like these bars in which uh, that fill up every time you uh, take an action. So when you attack, uh, you have to like wait for it to kind of fill up, and then you'll execute the attack and whatnot. And a lot of the the encounters that you fight uh, has like these other windows that pop up, like if you're casting a spell at you, it'll like pop up another window on that OS that says avoid, and you have to click avoid in time before that bar fills up and damages you. And that could be uh, very annoying when like bosses are like spawn other ads with them, which will <laughs> pop up another battle window, and then they start going all out on you. So a lot of it is kind of like window management and uh, making sure that your setup is optimized so you can you always have you know full control over what's happening because there are some uh, enemies that hit you in battle and will close a window on you, just a random window on you that could be important or not for, oh, for that battle. Boy. Yeah, so. Uh, and there's there's uh, you start off with different classes like for my uh, dude I was a rogue in that in my playthrough I on my second playthrough I almost beat the game I was I, I'm pretty sure I was at the final boss and it was oh, it was that. tough yeah, yeah you were very close to it yeah and 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 the rogue class is cool like my build for that class uh, you have stat points that uh, you can invest strength intelligence agility and vitality. So uh, with my rogue class, I had a, had a skill that stuns every time you land a crit. So I I was raising like my crit chance to very high at the end of that playthrough to kind of make sure to try to keep up stuns as much as possible, along with uh, other equipment that had life steals. And you know, there's standard uh, equipment system where they ha- there's rarities, there's color code, uh, all color coded and whatnot. And uh, the basic premise of the game, it's very light on story. You have to light up these uh, beacons across this overworld map to go into the king's castle and kind of f- figure out what's going on there. But it's very light on story. Uh, a lot of its charm is, you know, retro presentation. And it's uh, it's one hell of a game. Like, it, it really takes you back because, you know, you have your standard, like, battle log and kind of uh, min-maxing, you know, what what you need at any given moment like I had like even though i'm a rogue i had this orb that i needed to equip to gain additional damage but in order to equip that i need to have like 22 intellect so i had to like spec in that direction and I, I but i also had a skill or not a skill i had a charm in which i can use my magic as a substitute for like a shield so anytime an enemy hits me it would actually take off my magic first before it uh targeted my health 
So oh. very, very weird, awkward things like that. Yeah. Kind of hard yeah. to strategize around it when it's like you don't know what to expect from it. Exactly. And that, that that's part of the, the fun of it for me. It's like every playthrough of this will be different. The, what you pick up, what you encounter uh, will dictate, like, you know, what kind of strategy you should uh, probably go for. So definitely a video. If you're still confused at, like, how this game plays out, it's very tough to actually, like, uh, describe just the flow of it. Definitely I've seen, check out some I've videos. I've seen some, like, GIFs and, you know, short Twitter mm-hmm. videos of it and, like, yeah. what is going on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It, it, it's it's very it, t- it takes you back for sure. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Uh, that's, and they also yeah, oh yeah. I was just gonna say that's a game that I was excited mm-hmm. to play myself. But yeah, um, the last game you have listed here is Lost Order, which is a um, Hitsumi Matsuno game. Has mm-hmm. uh, I I know we were talking about whether you were gonna play it, uh, but what was it with you? I don't know. But I, uh, I thought it, it was in closed beta. Yeah, I thought it was in closed beta. I think it is in closed beta, but I was able to download it for my uh, phone through the QO app for Android, and that was fine. I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a weird game. Uh, there's, you know, uh, Matsuno, and then you have art direction by Yoshida and music by uh, Hideki Sakamoto. Ooh. So a lot of this is... It's, it's a weird game because it's basically... FF12 style battles, but isometric on a mobile phone. So there, you can have up to like six dudes in battle, and a lot of it is auto attacking position based. But you have skills that you can attach onto them, and so you're kind of moving them around. And whenever you select on, you see like ranges on them, and if they're on that range, you can auto attack them. But any when you're setting up your skills, there's tactics with them. So much like in ff12 the taxis is kind of like the gambit system so you can like program them to use that skill on a given condition and it's it's kind of overbearing at, at the moment because my, my japanese isn't that great i can uh parse out some of it but a lot of it is very dense just to back up a little bit lost order is uh the game that Psy games from grand blue and uh platinum games is working on at the moment and it's a it's a weird collaboration but uh, it's it's not a bad one at the moment. Uh, the ba- the base story is just from the tutorial alone. You're kind of this guy who wakes up uh, in the middle of this weird realm, and this knight is like, "Hey, you g- get up! Your life is in danger." You go through this tutorial battle, and you're kind of like shoved out of that dimension. After it's like you shouldn't be here. You if you get used to it, like you'll have like lingering feelings and whatnot. And so he gets pushed out back to this like world that's kind of like almost industrial revolution-esque but in uh kind of fantasized so a lot of it the, so a lot of the presentation is very very high quality side games loves kind of kind of like pour money uh into their games because they don't they have too much of it yeah so th- this is like spectacular like presentation wise like it's all fully voiced it's uh you have these uh the ui is like very gear based so it kind of reminded me of uh, residents of fate and the, like, a, but a more vibrant one because you're moving up uh, these tiers on the on the map, and like, there's like, uh, like I don't know exactly what they represent, but you go up and down it, and there's definitely like different towns like as you go down and as you go up, and a lot of the story right now is very basic, but it's a it's very a class struggle um, type of story, societal order and whatnot, and it has a cool vibe to it, but I just its battle system is very i don't know i feel lost uh, and I, I i need to like get, gain a better understanding you have these classes 
you have your tanks, your DPS, your offensive uh, mages, your healer, and your support. I believe those are the five classes. And you also have a gacha system, but uh, right now, since it's in the, a closed beta phase, they're not actually like charging for it. They're just kind of giving you free gems to roll and see what you have. So mm-hmm. each of the characters has their own, like you know, weapons that you that have their own item level, which is dictated by their own levels, along with equipment that's for your, your like a hat and uh, boots, pants, and they all have different weapon types. So you have grimoires, uh, swords, hammers, axes. It's it's all very fascinating, but I really really hope that they go the grand blue route of this and like make a separate like English option for this game. I, I think I think it'll be better once I understand it more because there's a way to speed up battles. The normal battles field is very very slow, so you can, you can speed up by you know fast forwarding it, but that comes at a cost because uh, I, I just a few battles into the story things are already getting tough for me and i'm just like i don't know what's going on yeah i know that's i mean anyone who knows matsuno of course he's the uh, writer behind final fantasy tactics and tactics yeah. ogre in those games they can have some very complicated english even like it's it can sometimes be a little tough to follow i remember even as a kid i was just like what do they even i don't even understand any of this yeah, the, it's like really yeah, old be like english. arrows going out and seeing like okay this person's targeting this uh person now and kind of like and managing that uh, your party of five to six against like these four enemies and arrows going around oh, so many saying, systems. okay what are these yeah uh, yeah it's uh it's nuts but i don't know i i, I kind of dig it but i need to understand more of it i i totally understand no, obviously you're, you're Clearly, if you don't understand more of it, you'll you're missing a lot of systems. Like that's like any of the games that we review. Like if you're missing some of the important systems, you feel like you're struggling. When it could be a hell of a lot easier if you just kind of paid attention to some of the stuff yeah. that was happening. So clearly, this is just a you know a, a localization issue, a, a translation mm-hmm. issue. So yeah. I can only imagine what it's like because uh, so far the only Japanese mobile games I've played are the ones that are very easy to grasp and you know even follow despite barely knowing the language. So having to deal with that and paying attention to all these systems. For me, it's just tapping a couple buttons. For you, it's like you have to deep, really get deep into like the mechanics of it because that's how all of Matsuno's games and Platinum games sometimes can be. It, it is funny that the, they still he still holds on to that tradition of every time you complete a battle, says congratulations. Yes, I he saw loves that. that. <laughs> it's, it's that big splash across the screen, like yeah, with Final Fantasy Twelve or whatever. Yeah, it's super cool because most of the fondest game uh, takes on that uh, is much like you know the Skullgirls uh, font mm-hmm. uh, in that game. It's very showy, very theatrical. Uh, and going for that, it. I think the world design on this has a lot of potential. It's, it's very, very cool so far. Uh, There's yeah. a lot of neat ideas. And that's the thing. Like that's the only reason I haven't played it, Lost Orders, because I it, I already expected it to be the way that you uh, it went for you. But I just yeah, mm-hmm. I really hope that they do go the with the English uh, language, especially because how huge mobile games are. It's like it, it makes. It'd make a lot of sense if they just put that as a translation, put the team on the Grand Blue as well or something like that. But it's hard to say. It's like I, I wonder why they just don't localize Grand Blue. Maybe it's because they assume it's going to be like fake Grand Order where it's like hardly anyone will play the English version because they'll have all their characters on the other side. So why not just keep it all in one server? Yeah, it makes just like it's ones. all yeah. In a way, it, I guess it makes money. sense <laughs> because it's it's all it's all unified. It's all consolidated. They don't have to like open like they don't have to. They don't have to take a cut of the profits that they would normally get pay if they for, establish yeah, like a, the engineers uh, a pay for the mm-hmm. network people. Yeah, that's yeah. Exactly. I mean, I th- I think their their solution is actually even even though it's not like even they won't have so much of a presence in like official events in the U.S. They're still I still think that's a, the better way to go. Hmm. I I totally agree with that. 
So that's been it. Is there anything else that you are looking forward to playing sometime soon that you've got uh, All Walls Must Fall out of the way? Mm, I'm still trying uh, getting through Trails in the Sky the third, and but no, I'm no, no big update on that. I'm still kind of cruising along that as well. Oh yeah, we actually didn't put in the notes here, but like this past week, they actually added Turbo Mode to the Trails in the Sky games, all three of them. Oh yeah, so, that, that, that came out way faster than I thought. Yeah, she uh, Sarah just really knocked it out of the park after seeing the response to it being in Trails of Cold Steel, which you know, once again, we've got a preview for that up on the excuse me, an impressions piece on the site from Brian. Uh, I don't remember if we talked about it much last time, but yeah, he was pretty well into it. Um, and now they've added turbo mode that cuts hours and hours out of the three games, which is mostly just walking and, and trying to get through transitions and stuff. So yeah, I love turbo mode, man. Shit. Yeah. We, it's... I mean, we can't see enough phrases. We've been doing that for the podcast. For I mean, I mentioned weeks. with like Final Fantasy 12, yeah. it's like, I can't, I, I, I even like this game back on PS2, but I couldn't go back to not having turbo mode. Yeah. So, like we talked about like, like dot hack needs to have it and, and all that you know that's it just makes life so much easier and, and being able to like do that on these games one it makes it a lot easier to replay and two of course makes it very easy to play for the first time because like if you're the type of person who doesn't care too much about the story you can speed through that if you don't like to deal with the combat you can get through that so there's a, a lot of real good reasons uh to be able to play those games now and i'm sure like all well and told you're probably cutting like 20 30 hours out of the games just from the 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 gameplay side of it with the turbo mode so that must be pretty sweet and that makes me want to go play it now just knowing that that's there for you but mm-hmm. yeah so you've got yeah chosen sky the third uh you'll be just there in time when they release those fan translations of zero now no Kaseki. <laughs> we'll see <laughs> james talked about that before but yeah we'll see about that so adam all you've Hello. got listed here is Breath of the Wild, and I saw some of the comments you made on Twitter about the open world aspect of that. How's that been treating you? So, um, I'm not. I've played a good number of open world games, but not like a ton. Like I haven't sure. played, for example, The Witcher Three, which is a like cream of the crop um, from what everyone says about it. Um, but I did recently play Horizon, and I played like Final Fantasy Fifteen before that. And one thing I like about open world games is obviously just the freedom to kind of like, you know what, I want to go over there and just fight some things over there and just see what's over there. You know, you're not being like, you're not being like, uh, directed towards, I mean, you are being directed towards, you know, where the next main story element is or whatever, but you kind of have the freedom just to kind of do whatever you want. You can ignore the main story. If you, if you like, it's basically in the player's hand to choose what they want to do compared to some, single player games or i mean not single player but like less open world games where you just kind of have to go along the path that the game presents to you um so i like that but on the other hand i kind of feel like um sometimes that gets a little bit tedious where the games how how open world games in terms of the how they structure like this is a main mission you have to do this and doing this main mission will open up more side quests and more areas you can go to and it just kind of feels when i was playing through horizon i liked horizon but I mentioned in a previous podcast, it kind of felt really typical, like it almost as though I had played it before, even though obviously I hadn't. And I think Breath of the Wild, I haven't had that feeling because it's like if you were to just talk about what is acquired in that game, like what you actually have to do, it's actually barely anything. You basically go through the like the prologue section and then you can go straight to Ganon and beat him if you're if you're good enough. Um so, like, basically the entire game is kind of, you know, optional in a sense. Or it's up to the player to choose what they want to do. You can basically do whatever you want. There's 
basically like four main story points that go on, like the four different divine beasts, and the four different warriors that are attached to them. It's the Grudos, the Zoras, the Ritos, the, the Gorons. So it's kind of like rather than having like a main story path, then just a bunch of extra crap, like optional crap, like Horizon or Final Fantasy 15. It's more just kind of like you have these four parallel stories that you can do in any order and it's all totally optional. You can do whatever you want. And there's obviously there's the shrines which are optional. You just kind of stumble across them as you explore and they they're worth doing because you get more health, you get more stamina that allows you to explore more places and take on stronger enemies and things like that. Um, and then of course there's a bunch of side quests and the side quests are, some of them are, are pretty standard fare, but it kind of feels, I don't know how to put this. Like it's, it's very leisurely. Like mm-hmm. there's um, not a lot of emphasis on uh, like yeah. moving forward. But like, like some side quests feel so rigid, like in other games where it's like, go to this place and do this thing. Um, and you get a reward and you go on from there. But the side quest in um, Breath of the Wild, they kind of feel a little bit more organic to me for some reason. It's, you know, you just like if you're in Kakariko Village and there's like a girl who's like learning how to cook and just like, I'm learning how to cook. And then um, you, the cooking is a big aspect in this game in terms of getting different uh different recipes have different effects on what you can do and things like that and it kind of works like a tutorial you're like oh I, I guess if you use these ingredients you get this sort of effect type of thing but like it's totally optional you don't have to do it you can just ignore her you don't ever have to talk to her and it just it i don't know i don't know if i'm making any sense here but it just kind of feels like the the way that side quests are handled it kind of feels like it matches the tone of the rest of the game where it's really just um I remember one person mentioning, like, I'm totally lost. What do I do? And kind of the answer to that is, well, just do what you want. Just go it's, somewhere. It's the lack of what's it, over there. Yeah, it's, <laughs> the, it's the lack of immediacy that was, like, prevalent yeah. in, say, like, Skyrim and, and the Elder Scrolls games in general, as opposed to, say, like, The Witcher, where they interwove the side quests with the main mission so you could never tell when you were not on the main path. And that made it, as you said, more organic. Here, it's just that, yeah, there's, like, the main quest well, is going but, on, but you can do all this other stuff. But, but the thing is, there really is no main quest. I mean, the, the only part that's a main quest that's, like, absolutely required is going to the final boss, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's like, what I mean, yeah. There, there's the whole, like, the whole, like, 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 I went to the Zora place, and I went to the Gerudo place, and kind of, like, just started a couple of storyline things there. Um, so, like, each of these places does have, like, storylines and cutscenes and things like that, but it's just... It's just basically whatever you decide to do in whatever order you decide to do. So it's it's a very there's a lot of freedom in this game and like more so than is what's what's in like Final Fantasy 15 or Horizon even. I feel like there's even just more freedom to do what you want and it just kind of it it's totally unlike like Zelda, like what's historically been Zelda in a sense. I mean besides maybe like like the original game which is also in yeah. a sense very free. But like more recent Zelda, like in the last you know fifteen years or whatever, it's most it's you know a much more tight knit experience. Yeah. Or obviously this is basically like the other end of the spectrum. I think they even compared like they compared this to the original game. They wanted to have that kind of openness to it. Obviously, just in a modern title. Yeah. And it, I think they really succeeded with that. Um, I it still does kind of have some of the open open world, you know, elements to it that you kind of just have to get used to, like. It can feel a little bit overwhelming. Like, oh man, I can go in, you know, 18 different directions right now. Where do I go? So <laughs> yeah. that's that's just kind of the nature of an open world game. And I know some people, that's just not what they're looking for in a video game. But um, I do think, I 
I've put enough hours into it now. I, I think I am enjoying it more than like Horizon, um, mainly because of how it like just really really latches onto this to this this freedom that it offers, um, and it kind of it and it does avoid some of the typicalness that I typicality I was kind of feeling when I was playing Horizon, like the the combat and the uh, the way that equipment works and this. The, with that Zelda feel, gives it just a little bit of it, enough of a unique flavor to make it not feel so typical, I guess. Fair enough. Yeah, to me, to me, Breath of the Wild is uh, aside from you know being the original Zelda, it's you, it like imagine if like a uh, choose your own adventure was an open world. That's basically Zelda to me, and uh, it's I really really like that it's so it it's fully it it's fleshed out enough that I don't have to think about worry about oh my god I have like these. 10 different check marks that I have to make. Yes. It's like, I don't know, I, I, I'm kind of going this direction. Sure, it's cold. Sure, Link is freezing. But let's see where it takes me, you know? <laughs> I, I do like some of the, just like the, the little touches. Like when you're in oh, a yeah. cold area and you don't have the right armor on, you go onto the menu and like Link is like freezing like, his butt like, off. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, it's, and, it's a lovely game. But like, for example, like I went to the... I think a lot of people. Well, I went to like the Gerudo place pretty uh-huh. early on, and um, like my brother who had played through this game recently when I was over at his place, like that was like the last thing he did, and it's just kind of funny. Like he's like, "Wow, I didn't really struggle with these enemies here because by the time I was here, you know, I had already done all this other stuff." Yeah. And and that's just kind of like that just kind of tells the, the the open-ended nature of this game. You can really kind of do anything in any order. Everyone has a different um, story with this game. Every single person. Like, I haven't I haven't touched the... I went to the Rito place, the the Zora place, and the Gerudo place, but I haven't really been... I haven't seen the Gorons yet. I just haven't found them. <laughs> so, like, where are these guys? Anyway. Yeah, it's, just, I, it's, it's always cool to, like, compare it to uh, your progress. Like, I was here when I did this. Oh, I had all this to... Uh, you know, already up, and then there's always that one. It's like, I don't know, that's the first place I stumbled upon when I <laughs> came out to the open world. It's also oh, like they also added that DLC thing. Uh, it's like Master Trials. Well, not Master Trials. Well, it's part of that Master Trials DLC, but it's like the Hero's Path. And oh, like, okay. unless there's another part to it, but all it is is like it shows you on the map basically, like over the I think it's something crazy too, like 100 hours, hours or 300 hours, 200 hours, something you. several hundred hours of gameplay. Basically, like here's the path you took. Oof. You can kind of just it it can be a little bit it can get a little bit messy especially if you're trying to record a whole long time it's just kind of neat to see like oh yeah i went to that place and then i jumped over here and went over like up these mountains and then i died and then i went somewhere else because i couldn't handle it it's just kind of fun to see like the path you took on the world and like everybody's path is going to be different type of thing hmm. so uh, i'll be able to point out it's like okay that, that that's definitely a place where i tried to like climb up these rocks but it was raining and i kept yeah. on trying to do it <laughs> Kept sliding down. Yeah, oh, tried man. swimming out into the ocean here, and then I got killed by the really annoying electric lazalfos. God, those <laughs> things are <laughs> brutal. So just it's it's a very it's a very impressive game. Just not not just like you know not just like performance or I mean actually the performance sometimes like struggles in like the Korok Forest, but yeah, it's impressive. Just like the design of the game in terms of like how it actually is structured and how it works and everything and the, and even more aesthetically and the tone and everything it's it's very impressive it, it, it's ambitious but at the same time very true to what the original vision of zelda was and it's kind of weird inadvertently reverse engineering what zelda was mm-hmm. it's 
crazy. It's exciting to see, like, and just to think about where they're going to go next with that series. Uh, if there will be another, I mean, I assume like later First on. First person shooter. I think they said that open world design is in some form going to be Zelda going forward. It's like, how can they go backwards? That's for sure. Uh, yeah. It just kind of makes you wonder how they're going to move from it. It's just going to be like an expanded version of Breath of the Wild. Or are they actually going to go in a totally different direction where you're like, it's going to be an open world, world wind waker. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> I mean, uh, just the cell shaded style by itself. I mean, obviously Breath of the Wild has got quasi a, like a tiny little bit of that, um, of the cell shading in it. But like if they went full on back to that style, I'd be I'd be totally down with that just to see how they can pull it off. I mean, that's a way to like we were talking about like the Switch's technical limitations. Like that's a really good way to get around that is by playing more with the art style because Nintendo yep. always has like the best art direction of like almost any of almost any company out there. Mm-hmm. Excited to see that. So it's just been a lot of Breath of the Wild though. You did beat uh, Horizon. I know you mentioned before. So. Yeah. And I beat Wild Arms 3 again. <laughs> yes, again. Is there anything else on your docket going forward then? Um, Besides Breath of the Wild. Right, right now I'm playing E7, pretty early copy on the PC version. Mm, yeah, it's uh, out in a few weeks. So, I mean, it's kind of weird. Like, you're under embargo, but the game is eight years old, so it's like... I'm trying to speak of the PSP version. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's bogus. I assume we just can't talk about, like, yeah, the configuration options and all that stuff about it, but... La- Okay, if I'm not allowed to say this, this is stupid, but I'm playing it on just a laptop right now because I'm in the process of building my PC, so I don't have, like, a superpower computer. But I figured, you know, E7. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if, I, if I mispronounced it, I didn't mean to. Geese. Like, geese without a G, right? No, <laughs> no, it's geese, it's geese with a Y, yeah. <laughs> well, you don't pronounce the Y. Like, you don't say Howard. geese. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it's like a silent Y. Yeah, it's, it's with a <laughs> Okay, come on. <laughs> Tell me Anyways, what you're going to say. Anyways, so I'm just playing it on a laptop. And, like, let me just try high textures, you know. Oh, here we go, yes. High textures, Mm -hmm. 1080p, 60 frames per second, and it's, like, working no problems at all. So, it's, like, you, it's, at least, it's, it, you don't need a, you don't need a a supercomputer to play it at, you know, high frame rate, which is kind of the whole advantage to this being on PC, so that's nice. Okay, cool. Awesome. I look forward to hearing more about that game when that comes out. I mean, as far as I'm concerned... Not a lot, uh, because I just haven't been as motivated lately to be playing a lot of games. I did review Moiro Chronicle, uh, which is out next week, I think. Um, so that is the... This is basically Monster Mom Piece 2, right? No, it's not. Uh, oh. I mean, it's it's part of the same... I mean, you read it. Uh, so it's part of the same series. I just mean... So, yeah, Monster Mom Piece is the first entry in the Genkai Goji Toji? I forget how it's pronounced. Uh, the series, and so uh, Monster Mon piece, the first one, this is the second one, so as far as that's that's concerned, yes. But that's kind of where it ends, because um, I mean, there is some features that do carry over, like the rubbing mechanic that is made fun of all the time. Uh, so that's there. But instead of it being a card-based battle game on a, on a 2D plane kind of style, like, a, well, I guess it's kind of overhead. Anyway, it's a first-person dungeon crawler, <laughs> which is uh, really took me aback, because I didn't really know too much about this game, other than, you know, the fact that it came out in Japan for the PlayStation uh, Vita. It was a Vita exclusive when it was in Japan, but now it's been brought over here only for the PC. Which helps it in many fronts because, for one, they don't have to worry about the ratings board and all that, all that garbage that uh, uh, made people so upset. As far as like the fact that the when the Monster Mon piece came over, they had to cut out a bunch of cards and uh, change the art 
and also like remove a lot of the art completely uh just so that it can blend in uh here it's on pc so it doesn't really matter they can put all that stuff in and not have to deal with that stuff because well, even yeah, steam I mean, is like really letting yeah, go if you, look at, if you look at steam these days it's like yeah just fuck it I yeah guess. fuck it that's exactly right like the valve is like really let up on that stuff and just as like, okay oh, we're okay and, you know uh full-on nudity yeah, go you, ahead yeah you, you <laughs> don't have to do steam you don't have to do steam relay anymore they made it I mean, easier it's just there's even just now. stuff yeah. like genital jousting like yeah yep. it's, it's that's that's full on i mean you want to go all the way there yeah uh, but <laughs> oh, there is man. like full frontal nudity you you remember maybe you remember stack your friends or stuff something like that that was yeah, yeah man, that's just, i mean well that's that's i guess sweeting appendages and all yeah but uh so it's just as far as that this game can just have do what it wants and not have to worry about like yeah any any edits or whatever so that old controversy that people like to create around that kind of stuff is not non-existent in this game uh but my, just to kind of boil it down because i put my review up this morning so people want to uh, read it and go check it out but i basically just called it a very basic and bland dungeon crawler uh that has some cool art assets i'm interested in art assets i don't want to say cool it's it's interesting <laughs> the costumes are kind of neat and the characters are there's a lot of varied characters and that's kind of like what i, I want to see out of this game is like a lot of different styles that's why i like kind of like the demon gaze because there's a bunch of different character art instead of just like you know like very limited uh designs uh, the problem though of course that you got a lot of the same monsters with palette swaps and that kind of thing at least the party members are completely different and you get a lot of party members like you get a lot of them so that helps and you can just play around with the characters you like and you do develop relationships with them as far as like intimacy levels and all that stuff that is typical in a compile heart game uh you know you get to meet them back at the end and talk to them and give them presents all that all that stuff is there um but the problem what's though the is that like? uh, oh sorry yeah finish your no, finish no, your thought what were you gonna say i said what's the story like oh it's garbage <laughs> oh, <laughs> no okay. it's 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 i wouldn't say it's garbage it's just that it's completely forgettable it's just about you know the monster girls used to live in harmony with the humans but all of a sudden one day they start to turn on the humans and attack them and now you're kind of like in this place like your town is yet to be attacked but everyone's trying to protect it and so Undertale. you're supposed to go out yeah and not quite undertale i would not i, was joking. I would not yeah, i would not put undertale <laughs> in the same breath oh, as moyer chronicles you're going to start a fire with that one um but i will say that uh the story is hurt by the fact that the protagonist is shit <laughs> complete and utter okay, shit so, i is hate the, is the protagonist a dude or what are they it's a dude those? it's a useless okay. male protagonist which is like uh compiler has never done a good male protagonist um, I would say. I mean, how many have they done? I mean, like is, that is Fairy Fencer oh. guy. Is Fairy Fencer a Kapar game? If I it is, I think so. Yes, yeah, think yeah, it, yeah, it's it is. One okay. of their, there is okay. Omega Quintet as well. Yeah, no, uh, he's oh yeah, Omega Quintet. He's completely useless as well. Dark but... Rose, but Dark, Dark Rose Valkyrie of male protagonist. I'm trying to remember. Like Compile Heart, like gives those games like a name. It's like Galapagos. Like I don't know if it's pronounced oh, like that. Yeah. Oh, that's the that's the whole thing. Or, it was like they're trying. But like to, yeah. But like Fairy Fencer is one. Omega Quintet was one. The Dark Rose Valkyrie. Dark Rose well. Valkyrie, and then they're like the new one that's coming out. I mean that doesn't the... that's not associated Anyways, with like the layout. Or those are all Compile Heart games. It's it's it, that was just more their effort into getting into yeah. consoles. And stuff like that. Anyways, that was more about it. Male protagonist um, with a bunch of girls. It's probably just like that. <laughs> don't, you're saying anyways, and I'm uh, the one explaining it. It's okay, uh, but yeah, it's he's he's completely worthless. He's a, a he's terrible. He's like um, the worst parts about the anime trope that the main character gets all the girls. Uh, it's like Sword Art Online. Like I don't know how Kirito gets all these girls. Uh, I mean, he seems capable, but at the same time, like you just hate 
hate his guts. That's what, that's what anime teaches you. you. Just gotta be a bland dude. That's why fun. what I don't want to see in my games. And uh, I mean, like I said, like that happened in the uh, Neptunia games, uh, like Hyper De- Hyper Devotion Noir, which I lo- a game I love in that series has a useless male protagonist, which hurts it because he's just like like what you, what is he even here for? He's just a useless. He doesn't participate in battle. It doesn't do anything. And that's kind of what happens here. Eo doesn't participate in battle outside of um, having this thing where he stores his perversion is is uh is bad thoughts and then Wait, he has like a perversion re- tank he or stores gauge? it and releases it and they don't uh, I mean, that's right. clearly what he releases kind of, it when he, he gets stores his desire and releases his <laughs> desire on the girls and makes them stronger okay so right. uh is, 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 is this related to the rubbing mechanic no that's exactly what is in there and what happens oh, so okay. so the way you get you recruit party members um and let me just be upfront about this. Like, if you're into these games, I'm not judging you for that stuff. Like, I completely don't care. Like, I play, I review a lot of these games. So, people who aren't used to uh, what I do for the site, like, I typically review these games. Neptunia, Kapala, no right? Idea Factory. <laughs> uh, and I'm okay with, no, I, I mean, from my standpoint, I'm perfectly fine with Govern them because they're, I do typically find some good stuff in them. And it's a lot about the writing and, and things like that that I, I get drawn to. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and judge anyone who plays this game. So if you're into this stuff, like I'm not, I'm not mocking you or anything like that. Um, but the way that the system works will. is that, uh, yeah, Adam does that all the time, especially for me. Uh, <laughs> but the way that the <laughs> don't don't attack Adam though, uh, he's he's just having fun with it. Um, but the way that uh, the rubbing system works in this game is that so the way you recruit party members is that you might come across them during combat. So Adam, of course, you played games like Demon Gaze, like I said, and, and the Operation yeah. Abyss. So you know that like when you're walking around the comp, uh, around the field, you might see like a floating icon and just moves around yep. as you move around. Yeah. So that's what this has. In this case, there's like a pink ghost, I think, uh, of some sort and it kind of chases you once it gets uh, once it sees you uh like you walk into its path and notices you or in the same area so once it uh initiates combat uh there's some dialogue that happens with the girl and then you go into combat itself and so the way that you are supposed to sort of uh uh I'm, I'm missing the word here, but uh, maybe like stop them from attacking you uh, is by either just draining their health or destroying the costume pieces on their body. So like you've got like the the something maybe like uh, their headpiece and then their skirt and then their shirt or blouse. And so once you destroy those three pieces, typically there might be a, a few more, maybe less um, than uh, their basically in their underwear and then you transition to uh the rubbing mechanic that's everyone who's seen like the gif of like the guy sliding his thumb up and down it that's kind of like this except for i'm on a pc so i'm using the gamepad and so the way it's mapped is kind of weird uh so the first thing you got to do is that there's a bar on the left and then the girl on the right who's like in a provocative pose i'll just put it that way and you have to um, first off uh, like attack the weak points on their body. You got to find the weak spot and attack it by tapping the button over and over and over again. And you poke them, and you know she cries out when it happens. And uh, once it <laughs> once it gets if you if you do it just right, <laughs> it mm-hmm. uh, it turns into the nudie flash mode. I think it's called. And so the screen gets all uh, colorful, and you have to like rotate the analog sticks over and over again, and, and that causes the meter to like go up much more dramatically. And once you get that meter to the to full you unlock it uh that you basically recruit that uh girl into your party so okay. in monster mon piece you did that to level up your cards um but so the problem though like the couple of problems with that is that for one thing obviously with all the 
moaning and stuff like that's going on it's really hard to play that game um with the volume up <laughs> so i uh, i have roommates and so like either i play with headphones or like i just completely mute it time to invest in a good speaker system and that's, crank yeah, it up like, like 7.1 uh, 7.2 surround sound mm-hmm. and for everyone to hear that um i mean if you're into these games you might have that uh but the so there's a problem though is that for one there's that but also one of the most annoying things about the game is that um i want to spend too much time on this game but i did want to mention that uh, when you decide to store your desire with EO before you move into the actual other characters, he yells out. He's like, Aah! and he goes like way over the top. I There's Holy been times shit. when I complete the battle before he's done doing his first screen. And he just, he does that and he changes it up. And it's like the loudest, oh, most annoying sound. And that is annoying as hell, especially if you're like, that happens every time you go to his turn, you know, store it or release it. So he makes that yell. Are you sure you're just not watching porn? It could, it might as well be for anyone who's not like okay. in the same room as I am. Um, I mean, it's quasi porn, softcore. Uh, but like the fact that he does that, and I'm, I mean, this game is like 30, 40 hours long. <laughs> so that, 30, 40 hours. Every single <laughs> encounter, he's just yelling. And how can you, who thought that was a good idea for him to be doing that? Like, and he's just, all he's doing is storing his desire. He's not like just. It's making it seem like a Dragon Ball Z thing where like Goku's just powering up to Super Saiyan three or whatever. It's like it's like no, he's not. He's just maybe when he releases it, that makes sense to him like to yell. But when he's like storing he's up, definitely it's, going Super Saiyan. In I mean, direction. I guess it's I guess I guess in Dragon Ball Z they do scream when they like they do yell when they charge up and when they release the power. So I guess in some respects it's accurate, it's authentic, and <laughs> some uh, it's sure. just that it's it's such a bad thing and. Um, like I said, like the 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 writing itself is is kind of bland. There's some funny moments in it. I did laugh out loud at some some of the parts in the game, and there's some uh, interesting moments. And it, it does get to sort of the more dramatic side later on in the game, but not to the point that it, you really care about it uh, in in a sense that like you're emotionally invested or whatever. Uh, and the there's obviously some stronger characters than others, and all that stuff. But it's it's just it's just not a very interesting game in general and it's it's it, there's a very there's a lot of weak weak aspects to it and clearly they cut a lot of corners it's very budgeted and it's clearly just meant to be a fan service thing you know it's 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 purely pointed towards that market uh the perverted japanese culture <laughs> and um over here you know there are definitely be people who are interested in, in those games that want to play them and like me they might not just be all about the inf- the fan service it's probably more about the you know the uh, the Kapala Heart, the way they design their games, as far as like the characters are, there's some interesting characters about it. Um, I just had a very hard time with this game, and so you know, if you skip it, I think that's perfectly fine. It's it's not a game that's going to really stick with you, and you might be better off spending money elsewhere. Otherwise, maybe wait till it's on sale. You know, it's 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 just not that it's just not that good. It's just not good. Honestly, it's just not a good game. <laughs> uh, and Kapala Heart. Uh, like the next, the next game that's coming out is not like um. What's the next game that's coming out? It's the uh, oh, it's, uh, September, right? Wait, 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 what are you talking about? Yeah, the what's the game coming just out? Scarlet Compile Heart in general. Yeah, what's the game coming out next month? Is is, is, is it that? Is that Scar- the Genkai Toki Mary Skelter. Castle? Mary Skelter. Oh no, Mary Skelter. Okay, oh, okay. 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 I, I, I was I was thinking of the Japanese one. Oh no no yeah Mary I mean Star. they've they've got the next uh seven they've got the next game in the series coming out soon um I forget what it's called but like they've got another it's game a Castle thing Castle yeah, yeah Castle. Something. <laughs> Maybe not. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. Oh, Castle Panzer. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like and that game seems pretty interesting because it's it's very dark. I mean, it's Mary it, Skelter. It, yeah, Mary Skelter seems yeah. to go in a, in a different direction, and I like that. And I'm I'm very curious about that game. And then you've got you know 
um, Cyber Dimension Neptunia out later this year, and I'm very interested in that game. So for Cabal Heart, like I'll be more interested in those games. For Mario Chronicle, though, it's just bleh. Um, outside of that, uh, I did catch up on the Overwatch Summer uh, event that's going on, the Summer Olympics. They brought that back with the new outfits. Uh, I spent five bucks, like I always do, to get some uh, crates, and I didn't really get anything at all. The problem was, like, I got like a costume for one of the characters, and it was the identical one. Like, it was Doomfist costume, but I didn't get currency out of it. I just got it again. I don't know what happened, so I just wasted it. And then what Amazon did last month, they had their Twitch Prime thing because Amazon owns Twitch, of course. So they did their Twitch Prime uh, thing. We get like one chest that's a legendary item, and I got—I forget what I got, but it was something from last month. Maybe it was like—I think it was actually. No, no, no. Anyway, so this month they're giving you five standard chests. So from that, <laughs> I spent money. I didn't get anything. I got free chests, and I got um, I got a new costume. Well, not a new costume. A new one for me, costume for uh, 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 Roadhog, which was his, I think it was like his Halloween thing where he's dressed up as like a scarecrow. And then the other one I got just last night was uh, McCree's lifeguard <laughs> outfit oh, where he's dressed right. as a lifeguard Good. with like a whistle around his neck and he's got like a uh, uh the star hat and everything like that and he's like one of the he's one of my three like it's roadhog mccree and mercy are my three and so i was very happy to get those things problem is though is like i've maxed out the number of like you know you were supposed to beat uh, every time you win three games you get a free crate so i i did the nine which got you three of them and then I leveled up, so like I don't really have much to do with it anymore. Like that's typically my experience with Overwatch now. It's just like whenever there's an event going on, I'll use the free chest, maybe spend some money to get some free ones, and that's it. And then move on from there. Um, the Lucio balls, like eh, I suck at it. I suck at Rocket League. I played ball. it the first like the first Lucio ball camera. I just was immediately turned on. I was like, I'd rather play Rocket League. Yeah, and I suck at both those games, so I I just don't have a good time. I just did it enough where I can win one and. I think we won like what was like the first time I played was like nine to one the other team and so like okay <laughs> I got my crate I'm out of here <laughs> that kind of thing. The future of crates, gotcha is finally taking over everything. Yeah, and I and for me it's like I'll never not be into Overwatch. It's such a great game, and I I it, I haven't been that into a game in a long time. I mean, Metal Solid Five was great, but as far as like an online multiplayer game, like there's it's been a long time since I had an experience like that. So. So that's it uh, for me. And as far as the other games, I want to get back to Nier Automata. Uh, that's probably what I'll do after this. Maybe I'll play some more uh, of that before I move in. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Anyway, let's move into news. Now that we spent so much time on the games we've been playing, like I said, we don't have a lot of news to talk about this week. One of the uh, important things that came out, though, is that... So we talked last week how Atlas, of course, had announced Persona 3 Dancing and Persona 5 Dancing, aside from Persona Q2, of course. Some more details came out about those two games and this week's uh, Famitsu. And so one of the things that was pretty fascinating, actually might have been Dengeki PlayStation, in fact. Yeah, it was. And one of the things that they said was that, so there's going to be some completely brand new songs that weren't on the soundtrack. So that's totally different Persona 4 Dancing right there because that was just a bunch of remixes from like even like maybe five or six songs. They just did multiple remixes. So uh, they really kind of played it safe with that one. Um, but yeah, it's going to be some wholly new songs. Uh, speaking of which, though, the name, the songs they did confirm will be in uh, those two games. Persona 3 will have, of course, Burn My Dread, which was in the trailer, Mass Destruction, and Hurtful Crime. Persona 5 Dancing Starry Night will have Wake Up, Get Up, Get Out There, 
last surprise and life will change so so far we've got like six songs to be confirmed right now they're all um, very good songs yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely and i'm excited to see what they do with the remixes just because uh there's some there's some songs from persona 4 dancing i don't know about you josh uh but i still mm-hmm. have a great time listening to this day they're just so, some of them are yeah so they, they do they do a really good job uh, remixing the, uh those like uh giving them like a second wind and going a different direction with them like uh, like uh, the weird thing about persona like uh, after three persona songs, they're just like they're they're very flexible in what what way what direction you can take them. Yeah, you know? and and you can and reimagine they... them in a lot in a lot of ways. Exactly, and they do hire like some of the best artists in the world to do the remixes for them, especially mm-hmm. like, in Japan at least. Uh, persona for dancing had had some very popular uh, remixes, and of course Lotus Juice helping with all those too. Um, and they did elaborate that the gameplay is going to be similar to Persona 4 Dancing All Night as far as, I mean, p- p- those that have played the games, uh, I think we talked about last week as well, like you've got like three buttons on the left and three buttons on the right, and so they play around with the way the, the notes travel from the center out to those little spots. So. I do prefer that because it, it gives you a lot, a better view of the choreography that's taking place. Like, I feel super yeah. lost when it comes to uh, games like, uh, say, Project Diva, for example, where mm-hmm. my eyes are kind of all over the place, but not really looking at the choreography being shown. Yeah, and and this is, I assume, this is once again being developed by the Project Diva people, uh, just like mm-hmm. the last one was. So, yeah, it's just that they're going to take that, but there will be some changes, some additions, some removals, some like polishing that's going to happen. So at least there'll be that. And of course, the the, be, the the biggest thing about this, and this is something people noticed immediately, is that this will be the first time that the Persona Three character models will have realistic body proportions because obviously you didn't have that persona 3 arena is a totally different thing persona q persona q of course just tubified so um this will uh people already noticed like how amazing those characters looked i mean clearly they've been doing some incredible things with the movies but that's you know all animated so actually have 3d models of these people it's exciting and it make leads you believe maybe they'll do more with those things later on but we'll see yeah. So, what do you? Uh, what's your feelings about this? I know, um, Adam. I don't think Adam, you got to play Persona Four Dancing, but I know Josh. I'm um, not really into the rhythm games. <laughs> yeah. So, Josh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited because I, like I said last week, Persona Three, Persona Five to me have like outstanding soundtracks, and they kind of shine more than the Persona Four ones for me. Mm-hmm. So, I'm uh, really more interested this time around. It having new songs is like pretty exciting because. Like how do you how do you make a uh, Persona Three theme song in the year 2017? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what that even sounds like. I don't know what that even looks like. Um, and just you uh, forgot to mention, but like this will have no story mode, which is probably a good thing because I remember the Persona Four Dancing All Night one not being that great. Yeah, uh, I mean all, I, all the all the spinoffs, all, all the story modes of the spinoffs, I've just kind of been like shaking my head. I was like, nah, this doesn't really work. I didn't like Persona Q one story. I didn't like uh, any of the fighting game Persona 4s ones. No, I'm trying to think of like I'm trying to think of like one Persona spinoff that I, I like the story and I can't remember any. <laughs> yeah, I mean the it's weird to think of how many there were. I mean, obviously Persona 4 Golden had like uh, added scenarios, but that's about it, and that's not really you know it's just like it snow, wasn't really snowboarding and stuff like that. Yeah. And people didn't like that either. <laughs> no, it wasn't that great. Um, I mean, anyone who's seen the anime know exactly what was added on. But oh god, um, the Persona 4 Golden anime. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Persona 5 the animation out next year uh, from the same people. Uh, but uh, yeah, I did mention North Story mode. But important to note is that they said they're going to replace it with something different. Um, oh, yeah. The composer, weirdly enough, was the one who said something like, you know, it's going to be darker and more weirder, but they can go more, uh, 
out there, more crazy with it. And I was just like, uh, kind of confusing exactly what he's trying to get I just at. want them to fucking turn up at a club and be like, okay, we're having a tournament or, or a fucking competition. And there, that's the replacement for the story. Done. There's going to be a death match. <laughs> I don't know yeah, exactly. It was like a dance off. Yeah. And it, or, or, or like, or ideally, if, you, with if, music. You, had, if you own both of these games, you will unlock a special mode in both of them in which they cross over for this fucking dance off. Oh there. my gosh. Like, well. Persona 5 yeah. Dancing kind of went there. Uh, Persona 5 Dancing, I mean. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I'm very interested to see what they do, what exactly they're talking about there. Yeah. It's like, what does that mean? Um, but yeah, it's it's great. And we already talked about how, of course, there's way more music in Persona 5 that they, and the fact that there's going to be even more songs added. That's kind of nuts. So I just hope for, yeah, a much bigger soundtrack. And Do you um, think, for the PlayStation 4 version of this game, do you think there's going to be a PSVR mode for this? maybe for a character viewer <laughs> like i can't really think about uh like uh, what are you gonna be like first person like dancing? like like dance like dance central type shit oh uh, god no <laughs> i hope not that was like i'm reading about, about like star wars uh the star wars yeah, VR exactly. game. Uh, just on uh, solo on solo i just remember that, that 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 one uh dancing stormtrooper that good that uh, when the camera pans over it's like yeah, yeah. yeah just oh, dancing God. yeah on the yeah okay i don't want to think <laughs> don't bring back my nightmares uh we almost ruined star wars for me until they brought back star wars movies um but yeah that's <laughs> i'm just i'm just excited to see what happens and that's going to be out the screen in japan they have not yet said anything about localization but hopefully we'll get something about that soon just because like, this game doesn't really need like i assume like a lot of localization right and this I, it was huge here. I, I can't imagine but um, who knows it depends how it's text heavy i guess yeah. and also um just a, a one final thought of this is i absolutely kind of i don't know I, I don't know if a door is the right word but i feel odd about just you know how persona 3 is how they summon their demons like shooting a gun to their heads yeah. it's like that's part of the dance team now they're just uh, shooting a gun to it's, the it's, it's so like creepy. okay yeah <laughs> He's, sure. just like, he's like, boom. Like, boom. Like, oh, yeah. I'm playing around with the fact that I thought I was committing suicide. All right. So, mm-hmm. great. Yeah. I, I, I'm very, just the dance moves. And I did see some of the concert and seeing, like, yeah, uh, Akira uh, dancing. <laughs> and someone made the joke. It's like, Morgana's not around, so Akira can dance. <laughs> I know. Make him go to bed. <laughs> so, uh, we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious about that. It just makes me reminds me that i've not played either persona 3 or persona 5 so i really need to go into that before uh i get spoiled even more about that story because persona 4's story uh dancing all night even had story spoilers in there so um it'd be awkward not to get at least that far and clearly you yeah, gotta do that it, before the end of the year it's it's kind of it always kind of amazes me that and uh japanese events uh like this where they just openly spoil anything oh and everything my God. And I, like especially like the the surveys of like what did you think about this and it's like it's just full-on spoilers right there it's like, yeah i like this oh it doesn't help and, on twitter and, spoiling as well oh yeah. my God, i got spoiled in on our chat so I'm, i gotta stay away from i gotta play those games before i get even further shut down everything oh it's so awful so other piece of news, <laughs> let's let's get a little moving forward here. Um, so the next thing is that Square Enix, and this is like immediately after our podcast, which yeah. is kind of a bummer. Uh, Square Enix was heading their live stream um, last Saturday night. Uh, well, and, and at least here it was Saturday night. And of course, Japan, it was Sunday afternoon. Um, but they had announced some different games. Uh, not, not really announced, it's that they showed footage of that Itadaki Street, a Fortune Street game with the Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest characters, 30th anniversary. That has anniversary. a really good opening movie. If you, was, if you haven't seen the opening movie yet, yet you have to watch it. I made, I made a gif, but that doesn't do it justice. And there's some weird yeah. moments in that. Uh, just like, you know, uh, 
people trying to be courted in an alleyway. It's just really bad. Uh, and Sephiroth with his money, <laughs> just throwing him up yeah, in the air. Yeah, so apparently Sephiroth really, really likes money. <laughs> yeah, oh, he does. Uh, and they also had this uh, Gen Quest um, battle. I think it's called. It was the mobile rivals, card game. Uh, it's rivals, yeah, rivals. rivals. It was yeah. just. It was kind of like, you know, Heartstorm or whatever, but with like a different layout. So. Um, that's that's that and then of course they also announced a whole new game um which is insane it was during a live stream like this but they announced dragon quest builders 2 for the playstation 4 and the switch so suck it vita <laughs> it's not gonna be on <laughs> there you there we go finally uh, yeah switch this is like this is like like it's leading into dragon quest just being a drag a playstation and nintendo thing it's kind of nuts to think about the fact that it's going to be like their two systems um after dragon quest 11 even if you know we haven't seen anything about the switch version of that but just still so uh Beside the fact that it looked a lot like the original game, uh, they did introduce some newer mechanics in that. Uh, so, Josh, you were watching that same tri- yeah. footage as I was, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had a like a companion, like get a dog following you around. You could uh, da- mm. dash around. Now they showed off a little bit of underwater. They just like uh, jumped into it. It's like, oh man, you can go underwater now. Uh, the the big thing for me was uh, you, there's a hang glider now, much like what you see in Breath of the Wild, except a yes. little bit faster. Where you can just like fly around the world, world uh, freely uh, once you obtain that. It's great if you have like obviously like a big a town or whatever, or like you have to go yeah. really far away. So Hell that's perfect. yeah, that's uh, awesome. And the the big thing for everyone, of course, is they uh, showed off um, multiplayer co op for that uh, up to four players. So they just kind of panned into a little bit of the live stream, like other people with you, just kind of building shit, and that's all they tease. <sighs> so good. And that's that's the that's the dream for that uh, kind of game. That and that has everyone excited too because. You just, especially with the switch announcement uh whether local or uh, online you can just did they uh, confirm whether there'll be like couch co-op or is it just multi- online? I, I, I i don't know if it's couch co-op uh but i assume for the switch version and there's just there's just nothing's confirmed but I, that just seems like an obvious feature to do right like kind of just like a, a local feature especially with nearby switches it, i feel like yeah. just that just has to be a given but like i said that they only showed multiplayer co-op they didn't say it was local or online i think it's online but yeah. i'm not Hundred percent sure if they said it, but just knowing some sort of uh, multiplayer is going to be there is uh, very good. Yeah, and I very hope like good. the other adjustments I can think of that they could really make for this game is that you know the the progress that you made with your town, the fact that it got like wiped away. It's like yeah. it makes you wonder if like maybe that stuff will carry over instead this time. But hopefully, yeah, because that was always like a, a weird thing about that. Yeah. I mean, I I know that there, there's there's a lot of you know adjustments that you can make under the hood, especially the way you start select things. It was only one or all of it, for oh, example. Oh yeah, that was good uh, yeah, that was the one that pissed me off the most. But you know, the, like I said, Dragon Quest Builders one is a, an amazing foundation, and two, just expanding it out in crazy ways is exactly the way to go. Uh, it was either, it was our winner for RPG sites' biggest surprise last year. Yeah, like, like why is this game so good? Type of thing. <laughs> exactly. It's not just a Minecraft spinoff, right? (laughs) But yeah. Absolutely. Um, So, awesome. Uh, I'm I'm ready for more builders. I'm ready for more builders. Excited to see about it. Yeah, and it's like, so yeah, last time it was, was it? It's PS4, PS3, and Vita, I think it was. And so, yeah, moving straight into the new consoles. I'm, I'm so. kind of curious to see what, uh, what the storyline for this is uh, is this time around because the first one did a really cool thing where it's like an alternate ending of like the first one where you kind of accepted uh, the Dark Lord's invitation to, like, you know, take over the world. Yeah. And it's like, oh, what happens from now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like, I, I kind of hope that they kind of not do exactly the same thing, but do an alternative, like, alternate history take on a pa- past Dragon Quest with this game. Well, and there's like, 
Was this was okay? So I'll be honest. I've only played the demo. They had both a male and a female character on the banner. Is that was that the case in the original? Like you play a male. Yeah, female? yeah. Okay, okay. In I was just making sure because I felt like I was yeah. like, wait, all right, that's awesome. Sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, great. And so yeah, uh, we don't really have any details about that other than like, isn't it supposed to be out? No, they didn't announce a release date. I don't think. No, no. I was thinking about it for a second, but no, nothing about that. Hopefully, we'll get some more news about that soon, along with the localization. Mm-hmm. It just seems like, of course, with the fact that. Um, Square Enix is so in, uh, Dragon encouraged. Dragon Quest is no, is no longer like the wasteland of localizations that it used to be. Well, the fact so. that you go back to the 90s uh, when you were an RPG fan like I was, and the fact that they had completely left the American market to Europe and Japan only for a long time, uh, we got to miss out on a lot of the bigger games that came out. Like even Terra Enigma, like starting with that was like a huge bummer for me as a kid because I loved, I loved, um, I knew at the time that you know we had part of this trilogy of sorts, the Soul Blazer trilogy, and got to miss out on that third game. And I heard, of course, I used to be able to go online and just see reactions to that stuff. So it'd be great um, to see way more of those games come over. Um, but we'll see. You know, Dragon Quest Eleven, of course, exciting. Didn't get to play Dragon Quest Ten, but what are you gonna do? Uh, so the last piece of news that we've got here. They, uh, this is something that Gust did reveal a while back. Uh, Atelier, Liddy, and how are we going to pass this? Sower? Sir. It's uh, like Sir. It's yeah, it's, sir. it's like Sir, but it's like, a French if it's, accent. If it's like a French word, sewer. it's like... Does yeah, say Sewer. It's, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the word Sir, like Sir or Madam, only not it's quite. Uh, it's, it's, just ignore yeah. the O-E. And then it's like, it's, like, it's, like, it's, it's, it's uh, impossible to pronounce this like normally. I'd like to pronounce like a... a your best French accent, yeah. essentially. I mean, the fact that, that like they sir, didn't... is it's a, it's the French word for sister. Yes, yeah. and as I, as I understand, these two characters are twins. Yes, they're oh, twin for... characters. Um, so yeah. they they did release some details about that once again in Dengeki. They had uh, they first showed the promotional art, and so Liddy uh, seems to have like a staff, and uh, Sir has guns. <laughs> so this that's... is for PS4, Switch, and Vita, I think. Yes. Or, okay. Is it Vita? Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, so yeah, those three three platforms. And so um, some of the details that came out, people can check out in the post, um, but I want to kind of expand a little bit about this. So you've got two producers working on this. You've got the producer of Atelier Sophie and Blue Reflection. Blue Reflection. And I believe that the uh, Blue Reflection producer is more a general producer, so there's like an oversight on it uh, compared to the Atelier Sophie is going to be like, that's the main producer. And then you've got Noko and Yugen, the two character artists. Uh, Noko did Sophie and Yugen did Ferris. Um, they're actually working together on this, on the third game and what is the trilogy. So you've got the trilogy has been uh, Atelier Sophie, Atelier Ferris, and this is the third game. Uh, people who don't know the Atelier series, it's kind of like that. It's always been like three games per series. Uh, yeah, that's kind of like how it's been. And so you had like, you know... Um, uh, Verona, Tatori, Maruru. Yeah, then, and then you had... Uh, Aisha, Aisha, Eskandloji, and Shally. Yeah. So Josh knows more about the series than I do, and I reviewed a lot of them. Uh, So uh, that's that's kind of been the thing. But what's going to be different here is that before the artists used to put some. Uh, work into the world itself but now it seems like they're just going to be focusing on characters while the producers and other people are going to be working on the world itself so it's going to be kind of a a separation so that they can deal with that and other differences some important differences here is that this time uh, they've been working with two protagonists since Eskenlaji and so it's like that's what's been like since then in this game um actually I think the last game you could only pay Ferris anyway um so this time both protagonists uh, will be together the whole time 
so there's not going to be any weird like change of perspective or whatever it is like you choose one person to begin the game and play through it their perspective and then if you want to play it again do it this way um it's going to be their entire story as a group the difference though as far as what they're going to do with replayability it sounds like is that you're going to be able to explore many different worlds through different paintings so it's a Persona um, Five. That one Persona Five dungeon. No, I, I, well, for me, like uh, someone made the comment about this. It reminds me a lot of um, Castlevania: Portrait of Ruin because <laughs> that's oh, kind of yeah. it's like that's that. Right. Like you went through different, you got to go through different paintings, and there's two protagonists, and you got to go through worlds, yeah. and like they're totally different worlds. And they were kind of teasing that. So it seems like that's anyone who's played Portrait of Ruin on the handheld uh, will be familiar <laughs> with this. Is like, uh, but that's what it sounds like and some of the kind of interesting changes that they're doing as far as like the most important mechanic which is the synthesis um system is that they're kind of pulling it back from what it was because i guess they felt like in atelier ferris it got too complex as far as like there was too many layers of the systems in place and people got confused about what they were doing and so you're leading it back to the problems that kind of hurt rona and and those games um where it was too complicated and you know materials failed and you lost them they wanted to get away from that so they're simplifying it but taking the best elements from the two earlier games and adding another one they didn't really expand on what exactly that new one would be but that's pretty good it makes it more accessible of course and that's always good for the series that people could kind of get intimidated by because they felt like it's going to be a lot of uh synthesizing which it kind of is so making it easier is one way to kind of help people with the headache um, but another cool thing that they added, speaking of synthesis, is that during combat, you'll actually be able to do a system called Battle Mix, which will let you actually perform synthesis in the middle of combat. Um, they kind of talked about it, how it would be able to create skills with it. So what I'm thinking what's going to happen is kind of like what, when you're building up a chain, of com- a combo chain in the other Atelier games, the more you built it and if you used items at a certain point, it would completely have like completely different effects, way bigger, better effects, and that would go insane after a while. Um, and this, I imagine, with the two protagonists, you'll be able to use uh, different items, use them together, and then create a new skill with that, like summon a giant beast or whatever using two different items, that kind of thing. Um, and they also kind of said about the battle system, maybe like three sets of two characters, so I guess they're like pairs are going to be fighting together, and that's how the layout of, you're going to have like a front line and a back line. Uh, oh no, line. so it's, I'm trying to think, because if it's going to be more, if it's going to lean more on Portrait of Ruin, it'll just, instead of Jonathan and Charlotte, it'll just be the two sisters yelling at each other's name constantly. Oh, I, I oh, no. of course, it's an anime, what do you, it's like oh, an no. anime game, of course they're going to be screaming each other's names the whole time. Uh, but I just think that this is like, for the third game, and I I thought that Atelier Ferris did a great job in the fact that the maps were way more expanded. Like, they did an insane job with the sheer size of the maps themselves. Sure, there wasn't a lot of always a lot of stuff to do in them, but the fact that they were able to do that on on the PlayStation 4 when Atelier Sophie was kind of a disappointment in those respects because it felt like it was a PlayStation 3 game masquerading as a PlayStation 4 game kind of thing. And this, um, it sounds like they really uh, kind of figured out how things are going to go because this will be their, you know... The fifth big game, I guess, is what they're saying. I don't know. It's it's it's, it's like it's Japan's Call of Duty. It's a yearly release. Yeah, no, that's that's what this. I mean, I feel I feel like, like Atelier Shally came out like yesterday. Like, wait, there's been like this is the fourth game since then. Oh, it's the third it's... game. Uh, so that's I mean, you've got Shally, and then it was um, well, Shally, Sophie, Ferris. Now this, yeah. yeah <laughs> so, so yeah. but yeah, it's definitely been an annual series. I mean, the fact that this came out like the series began like late playstation one like it was like the late 90s it was like maybe mm-hmm. nine actually it was what's well, it just celebrated 20th anniversary so it's 97 um but uh 
like it's had so many releases like if you look at the atelier wikipedia page you'll see a bunch of games a lot of spinoffs as well um and some uh there's like there's even one game called it atelier homunculus i guess and so it's about oh, my, like a, my, my eyes rolled to the back of my head and I you know uh, so anyone who's seen like full not alchemist you know what homunculus is it's like a it's like a human and a monster fake human together yeah fake human um and so like in this in that game it was like a i think it was a playstation one game or actually it was a playstation two you actually it's like she's like a, a doll homunculus or whatever you have to teach her a bunch of different <laughs> i'm a little names. sad now that like people will like re- like associate homunculus and that the first exposure to that word was full known alchemist uh, oh no yeah it was it was really bad um fuck <laughs> the worst father ever or every time father's day rolls around everyone makes that joke but anyway um so like it's gone in so many different directions with that and so i'm excited to see what they're able to do with this game and take the like take what they've learned so far and really expand on it especially because i mean if you think about it, it we're go- it's going to be out around the fourth year the PlayStation 4 has been out. And so, like, it's coming out this winter. And so, I'm wondering exactly what they'll do. It sounds like, even if it's going to be out, like, it's supposed to be out sometime this winter. I think, it, if I remember right, um, they're still kind of only giving, like, hints about what the game will be like. And so, I'm curious to see okay, what so, so, if it's going to go with the Gus cycle, it's going to get announced either November or oh, December. Yeah, then it's right. going to gonna get delayed, delayed like, twice. <laughs> and then, at least so. twice. At least twice. Yeah. Uh, that's the and then, and then once it comes out the Vita version of it will just run run like complete garbage and then people continue to buy that for some reason and yeah I've seen I've seen I've seen some footage of those games it's like Knights of Azure two it's complete shit oh I, I, I think the, I think the only thing I actually like about this new Atelier game is the, the design for Sir because she has like dual golden revolvers she's like oh she's a revolver ocelot great yeah she's spinning the guns around I can only imagine with I, 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 okay my only hope for this is in the localization for this if they do an English dub for it is she just she just spouts ocelot lines <sighs> that's all yeah that sounds lame I don't know. <laughs> No, we. I mean, yeah. nothing else sounds. Something guns of the Patriots, something fan, something. Yeah. Uh, and she yeah. holds her arm constantly. All right, so um, yeah, uh, that's it for the news. Uh, I I don't really know what else. I mean, we talked about last week, but like, it's kind of hard to foresee what exactly is supposed to be coming out. Uh, this, what what we got like this upcoming week. I don't I think mean, is anyone working on anything on the site. I mean, aside from E seven, of course. I think it's that... pretty dry. It's the it's it's a very quiet month according to the calendar here. Like there's a lot of it's late. There, there, there's a late August like, uh, for Japanese releases. Yeah, that the Yakuza. Beat... Oh, yeah, yeah, there's Yakuza. Yeah, I mean, there's that's, a, an, I mean, Yakuza, Yakuza there's, this, there's also this, I mean, besides Yakuza Kwame, which um, we'll be getting as well, uh, there's a stream coming out in a couple of weeks. We talked about that last week, though. Like, actually, it's, I think it's two weeks from today, in fact, that it's going to have a, a Yakuza Studio stream where they're going to announce some new games, including most likely Yakuza 7. So I'll be excited to see what happens with that and how they move that series forward. But as far as this week is concerned, you know, just a lot of news I'm sure will pop off. We'll find out. But um, just be staying tuned to the site, which you can find at RPGSite.net. You can also find us on Twitter, at RPGSite, on Facebook.com slash RPGSiteNet, on YouTube.com slash RPGSiteNet. Uh, you can also find us always on iTunes or your favorite um, podcast app. Just search for TetraCast. You can easily find us with our shield. Our permanent link for Discord, please come check us out. It's discord.me slash RPGSite. Last name. Uh, last time we like to share where you can find us on Twitter. So Adam, where can they find you? Is the Discord behaving? I don't go in there, so I have to kind of trust you guys to like. Oh, it is. Uh, stay on top sure. Of that. We yeah. got to well, Okay. We're talking about the news I'm of at, the day, which hasn't been great. Yeah. But, you know. I mean, they're still they're starting to roll out screen share and video chat. Yes. On that. 
So, uh, so yeah, that's exciting because if that happens, then it gives us a way better opportunity to do, uh, you know, like two person quick look or whatever. Yeah, because <laughs> obviously with the delays and stuff like that, like I know speaking of Persona Four Dancing on Night from back, um, me and Josh did that. There was a delay, and it was like I had to like sync stuff up. It was a huge mess and took a lot of work for PlayStation TV. So this will this allow us to do a lot more with that. Yeah, Discord's been fine. What can they find you on Twitter, though, Adam? K-I-N-G underscore S-E-D-A. Thank you. And Josh? Tiny at H-D-K-R-I-N, H-D-K-I-R-I-N. Great. And finally, you can always find me at Zach Reese. So, yes, uh, thank you, Josh. Thank you, Adam, for being part of this podcast. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this edition of the TetraCast. Catch us next week for another episode. Bye, everyone. <laughs>